<laughs> What's up? What's up? What's going on? So do you you record it straight to your uh, laptop? Uh-huh. Do you ever ha have you ever had your laptop like freeze up and then you lost everything? Uh yeah, but that's when I had uh too much stuff on my desktop and you know, it's pretty you you know you have a lot of shit on your desktop when Joey Diaz is like clean this shit up. You know what I mean? Like he knows nothing about computers, but he knows when 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 I'm being goofy. I asked somebody one time. I I, I flew with somebody once. And the guy was like a professional computer guy, and I just had an hour to bug him. And he was telling me, he goes, everything, you, what people don't realize is, he goes, your computer won't crash if you don't have a lot of shit saved on it. And then I went to Sprint a couple of weeks ago, and the guy told me the same. He goes, these phones are fucking great until you get a bunch of apps on it. Yeah. Then they jam up. He goes, people come in here all the time crying. They got all this shit on their fucking phone. You know, I go home, and I still see contracts and scripts from three years ago on my computer I'm like Terry clean this shit off I don't know you know this is what jams it up so I just I don't know I just repeat what I heard you know what I'm saying yes but louder you do it at a louder volume <laughs> I didn't fucking know you know what you should do you should take uh, from the headphone jack out uh -huh. of this computer and hook it up to just like a mp3 recorder uh -huh. just in case if it ever freezes up you have a second backup oh really oh really that's what I'm talking about, see? You see, see what happens, yeah, Felicia, yeah. when you bring fucking garage band over for lunch? Don't supervise me. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my ex-husband used to always do. One time, our youngest son snuck up. We had the pool on the like back part of the land, which was up high. And uh, and I see <coughs> that because it makes me feel important. And uh, and little boy, uh, my little son, went up there and he poured uh, a liquid detergent into the jacuzzi while they were jacuzziing. And the jacuzzi was above the pool. And my other son, I didn't know. I was down, like, cooking uh, dinner for everybody. It was a party going on. My other son comes down. He's like, quick, quick, see what happened. And I go up there, and it's like fucking Christmas land up there. That's how many bubbles there were. There were bubbles, 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 bubbles. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and my ex-husband's like, you need to tell the gardener to cut the hedge down two feet. Like, really, dude? Why don't you supervise the fucking children when they're in your presence? Anyway. The fucking bubbles all over the place. <laughs> I, know, I know. That's the worst. When you first tried to do laundry as a kid, we all fucked it up the first time. I fucked up. I think I put uh, laundry detergent in the dryer. <laughs> you know, you oh, just, you did. yeah, I, I was one of those guys. Soap in yeah, the dishwasher soap and soapy everywhere. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. fucking horrid when you were a kid. You have to learn that lesson. No one can tell you. You have to learn that stupid lesson. Yeah, yeah. You electrocute yourself and shit. It's it's just that's how everything though in life is. Like I still like I'll do something and I'm like, well, that, I learned my lesson for that. I'll never do that again. But I still do that almost once a week. I'll I'll learn something new. I do something wrong and then, you know. It's it's crazy. It never goes away. You're always learning new stuff. Yeah, that's very true. I just wish the ignorant stuff would get off deck so I could start learning more important lessons. Like, I never knew you're, you're not supposed to go from ass to vagina because you give the girl a yeast infection. Did you know that? Not really. Oh, like, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about it. So you're talking about when you're fucking a girl in the ass <coughs> or you're fucking her in the vagina. Yeah, you're not yeah. supposed to do that. You're supposed yeah. to wash it off in between. Here's what you're not supposed life. to do. Fuck a girl in the ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, now you're just hating on the ass. <laughs> you can't eat ass and then eat the pussy either. Huh? Well, you that, can't that, eat yeah, ass yeah, and switch that, yeah. up either. A lot yeah. of people don't like that. You got to eat the monkey and then go down you south. You have yeah. to eat the ass if you're going to fuck a girl in the ass. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the whole thing. You got to yeah. tongue it till it fucking, you know, till so she begs you, you for the fucking helmet. You just have baby wipes near the, on the bed and just and, like wipe your tongue off. Or enough with the tongue. Put this dick in my muffler. That's God calling, saying, knock this shit off. Is that you your ringtone? Damn, yeah. Joey's got some crazy ringtone. I know. 
I don't know nothing about fucking ringtones or how to download them. Well, nothing. Nothing. People always say to me, why don't you change your ringtone or whatever. I wouldn't know where the fuck to even start with this stuff. Especially this phone. I know nothing. I finally figured out how to take a picture and put it on Twitter. You know, little things. Every week I make it. Yeah, you're right. You do learn new things every fucking week. You're absolutely yeah. right. You know, you don't know what it's going to be about. But it's pretty fucking sharp. I don't like these things. They're too confusing. You but love it. You just need to know. I like the fact on the phone that I get my emails now. And I like that shit. And I can check my Twitter. But I don't want it to be. I like it when I'm in a hotel. When I'm in a hotel instead of having to go downstairs. Because I can only fly with either a sleep apnea machine or a computer. I got to pick my weapon of choice. So I pick the sleep apnea <laughs> machine. And I go downstairs and I'm on a fucking computer. And this, I can at least check the, the obvious stuff. I can care less about Twitter or Facebook. But the emails, I want to know what's going on, you know. Yeah, I think a sleep apnea machine should just have Wi-Fi. Yeah. That's the next fucking move. That's the next move. <laughs> They're making them. I just, this morning, I had to mail two things. And one of the things I had to mail was my, and it's amazing. This is this is it, guys. I had to mail my computer chip from the sleep apnea machine. And they'll, they just sent me the new one. And then in three days on my email, I'll get a fucking printed out sleep study from the oh, last cool. month. And I could pick out the nights I smoked too much reefer. And I could oh, pick out wow. the nights when I drank alcohol. Because it shows you how dry you're running. And you see how it's fucking amazing. Just by putting on a mask, oh, it wow. electrodes everything. Blood pressure. And they show you where you're at. I mean, I, I've gone to the doctor and he's gone, you drank alcohol on February 18th. What are you talking about? I did. I did the improv and I drank a Bloody Mary. Bam! It's all in that fucking chart. So one drink will throw your you sleep, sleep off because it much? makes you drier and it makes you snore. Oh. So that's all part of the fucking patois. You know everything. You know when you do blow, your your throat like he would like in the beginning he'd go. What happened this whole week? You slept weird. <laughs> 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 there was no sleep at all. That was my disguise because he could tell your heart rate on it. Uh -huh. You know your dryness. I think when you do coke, your throat closes so you reach for more air so I have a flex machine so the air is on from let's say range 10 to range 19 even if I don't need it it's there on the nights I did blow it would go all the way to 29 because your throat closes up so it's really amazing what you could tell like I've learned a lot about like I tell people now all the fucking time there is nobody Brian and I were just talking about it at coffee there was nobody who was as scared as I am of doctors and all that shit. Just the thought, Felicia. All I need is the thought. Like when you were going through your thing, it was bothering me. Mm -hmm. All I need is the thought. Like what's she going through today? Like when people say to me, I gotta go for tests tomorrow. Like I know what you're fucking going through. You know what test means? They're gonna stick shit in you. That's what test means. It's not like you're going there and they look at your eyes and look at your ears. They're gonna poke you and prod you and look at shit, you know? And I always think about it. We were having a conversation about my knee before. But after the knee surgery, three days later, Felicia, I woke up one day and Terry's like, oh my God, what happened? I'm like, what? My whole leg was covered with blood. But not on the outside, on the inside. The, oh, this happened after you came home from the hospital? Yeah, the oh, blood really? drips from the knee into the skin. So it looks like somebody fucking kicked you in the leg. Like, and I didn't, you know, I didn't expect Yikes. it. But all in all, Felicia, I had no scares with this thing. Like, I'm walking around today going... I don't believe I made such a fuss in my head over this. It was nothing. Yeah. It was like going to the dentist. That's how easy. That's modern technology. They can tell you fucking everything now. You know what I'm saying? 
Who gives a fuck? We're back, bitches! <laughs> Felicia Michaels. Joey Diaz. What's up, you sexy motherfucker? Uh, well, uh, I've just been a little crazy, as you know. So, uh, you know, my life, I don't ever sit still. I never sit still. You Why know? have you been crazy? Just because I, you know, I'm a mom. I'm doing the road. I got this fucking podcast, which I love. And I love everybody who listens except for the guy that leaves this stinky review on iTunes calling me names. That's just fucking rude, by the way. That's all I want to say about that. But, Every month uh, you have a new drama. Either they're sending you pictures of their dick or they're well, fucking Well, send me pictures of my dick. Does that make me a whore? I'm not no, fucking I'm, the dicks. I just no, want to no, look no. at them. Is that so bad? Hysterical. Is that Somebody kept so sending bad. Felicia pictures of their dick. Like no face, no smile, no uh-huh. flowers. Just an erection. Classic shit. Only online can you get that shit. Right. And you know what's crazy? Brian was telling me about all these fucking stalkers that are now Yeah, online. a lot of stalkers Two of our lately. mutual friends. Yeah. So you got to be real fucking careful oh, online. Really? Yeah, man. Well, Esther has a stalker from Belgium that came here to marry her. Belgium! Oh, really? Yeah, and he, he was arrested. And the, 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 really? The, the article was on the Washington Times, the LA Weekly, like everything like that. This guy... In his head, thought that he needed to marry little Esther. He said so he flew all the way out here, and he was like hundreds of emails. Went to the comedy club looking for her, and really? like it was pretty f- fucked up. But wow, yeah. So I don't know whatever happened to that, but he got arrested, and you gotta be careful. What is the thinking behind it? Did he think he had to rescue her from all? Honestly, what I think it is, folks that do comedy. I think what it is is just people. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, live on the internet because in their real life, like either mental mental health reasons or just lonely reasons they're not used to talking to people but they they get like a false sense of reality of like listening to podcasts like a lot of people that listen to this podcast feel like they know you and they they do they know more about you than most friends probably know about you at least that's how for me like people come up to me they know everything about me everything about my girlfriend and then i call my friend from ohio and he's like what's been up with you you know he has no idea about me so i think these people are just getting these weird we yeah. gotta imagine for That's years. True. I mean, the guy that shot whatever heard the dog bark. You know, like he heard a dog bark. Remember who shot Lennon or one of those guys? Heard a dog bark. Oh, the twenty-four caliber killer. I'm sorry. In the early seventies in New uh-huh. York, the guy would hear the dog bark and tell him to shoot people. Oh, and, you know, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Son of Sam. Yeah. I'm sorry, forty-four caliber killer. And uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, in the seventies and eighties, people would fall in love with you from a poster, a right. song. You know, now we're devouring our insides. What stops some guy from saying, fucking Felicia's my soulmate? Right. You know, we both grew up in the mountains. You know, what fucking stops somebody? You know, like I told Joe the other day, we were having a conversation. When we were kids, we were fans. You know what a fan is? When I look at a picture of Julia serving, I don't know Julia serving. When you look at Farrah Fawcett, guess what, Felicia? We're not fans no more. We have friends. They're not our fans no more. They're in contact with us. Yeah. That's a friend. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I wish I had it when I was a kid. I do that with other people. Sure. Like following other people. Like I follow weird people. Sure. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally stalking a girl in Chicago right now. You are? Yeah. And her name is I am Enid Colesaw. She's like, writes the funniest uh, Twitter things of all time. I feel like I'm stalking her. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's weird. I get, I I get, I love Twitter. I love reading some people's fucking tweets. Yeah. I love seeing some. I I follow the weirdest fucking things too. Do you guys follow? a lot of people I had noticed recently that I follow way too many people like uh, somebody told me something like oh did you go to this person's show and I'm like what I, I didn't know, even know about it but, but I followed that person but they've been tweeting about it nonstop for the last two weeks but somehow I missed every single one of their tweets and they're like how many people are you following I'm like uh, 1400 people 
And so they're like, dude, I fall 200. You need to cut that down. No, I had to cut mine down. And, and then I was going to do like a new Facebook. But I'm like, you know what? The Facebook, I didn't want it to be the 5,000 people that I actually know. You know what I mean? And I just did that. I just yeah. restarted. I just deleted my Facebook and started or, over. Or people that are pretty active on my page where it's been going on for a long time. Then I, you know, but because uh, it gets too crazy. Then you can't read what other people are doing, your friends and family, you know. By the 80s, if you want to be part of a social media, you had to snort coke. <laughs> That was the social media. There was no Facebook. There was cocaine. You know, that's the only way you really talk to people. Now there's Facebook and there's fucking Twitter. We got to figure out a way how to sell coke on fucking Twitter. <laughs> that's the thing. I can't wait to read that fucking article. I'm going to go, I fucking knew it. I knew somebody was fucking doing that shit. Oh, for sure someone's got to be Somebody's doing it. selling oh, sure. something yeah. on Twitter like and we don't fucking know about it. Yeah, I remember yeah. I put a thing on Twitter just to check the waters. Like, hey, man, I'm going to see Pink Floyd. I'm looking for acid. That's oh, ballsy. my God. Oh my God. People were like, oh, dog, follow me. So I got DM you. And I started reading the direct messages. People had explosives for sale, fucking <laughs> acid from 1960 for sale. There's wow. people out there that are holding on to shit. And I finally got it in Sherman Oaks. Right in Sherman Oaks, I bought a sheet. You know, what the fuck? You did? Yeah, for the Pink Floyd concert last you year with Ari. Yeah, a sheet, a whole sheet, ten you sheets, fifteen dollars oh a You're thing. You're brave, Joey. No, I'm not great, but it's amazing how fucking far it's really gone. Yeah. Like somebody's gonna figure out what to really do with Twitter. Like in a month, we're gonna read about something that went huge because somebody figured out how to fuck Twitter through the timelines or how to sell a fucking how to stash a body. I'm not a big fan of staying up and watching fucked up YouTube videos. But on YouTube videos, are there videos of people hanging themselves? Oh, yeah. There's, there's, Come on. there's, now, the, if they're real or not is the, the question, but there's tons of people, uh, videos of like people hanging themselves on, on, uh, YouTube. And, but a lot of them are hoaxes. A lot of them are just, you, you don't know if they're real or not. But there's, there's anything on YouTube. You can find anything. But yeah. What's the weirdest thing you ever uh, saw on YouTube where you where you had to like gently back away from the desk and the computer? <laughs> well, I don't know if it was on YouTube, but the same thing. Like, I, the, just any of the death videos really get to me. Like the you know when there was all, all those beheading videos. Mm -hmm. and that that that's that. Did you see them? Yeah, I watched one of them, and then I I will never watch that again. That 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 haunts me. Just thinking about that guy getting his because he was alive, and they're just cutting off his head and he did the gurgling noises the that, that's just too much for me which and guy was it just a random it was a prisoner of war uh, it was a u.s guy and it oh, was a uh, wow. terrorist i can't remember who it was i forget his name so remember that but now i read the one with a mexican drug dealer in mexico they're doing that and they put the videos up and the fucking videos get a million hits like mm -hmm. it jams youtube yeah. Like it just jams fucking nah. YouTube and YouTube removes it. And, yeah. But they had those. I've never seen it. I, I don't think I want to see that. Yeah. I think the only thing that would get more hits is if there was a cat beheading video. Well, my friend Wendy, she told me she saw a video once that a man, st and I'm totally serious, that a man stuck his head in a woman's vagina. Did we talk about this? Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, shut up. And she's like, no. And then we were Googling it. 
like for a couple of hours and we couldn't find it and i'm like you know what we're grown-ass fucking women <laughs> it is, like what the fuck it you is pretty crazy I mean? how some women's vaginas are that big I, no I was thinking, they're not I, well this is something that's weird i remember when i was in high school i fisted my girlfriend and i thought every girl you could do that with because of that one girl i used to be like i used to be able to put it in like a good six seven inches into her vagina in high school <laughs> and so think. nowadays that's impossible like i'll try it just for fun like hey let's see if i could put more than three fingers nope the pussy has changed. <laughs> it's changed. changed. You know, probably values have taken over. Shit has moved in. I just think it's a brave man that'll stick his head in a woman's vagina because yeah. that would be the perfect uh, murder weapon. Just one smartly placed queef and... <laughs> I mean, I would love to shove my head in somebody's vagina. I would like love a hot too. Chick, like Really? Somebody really hot that said, I got a huge pussy. I'm embarrassed. Put your head who's, in there. Whose vagina would you like to shove your head in? A chick from Blue Bloods. Like, uh, oh, really? Maureen <laughs> O'Donoghue, whatever that Irish yeah. chick that was married to Tom Brady. I'd stuck my whole fucking head and arm, too. Oh, really? I'll stick an arm in there, too, like a shark victim. <laughs> Chop it off. I don't give a fuck what you went swimming. No, I got my arm bit off by a fucking beautiful monkey. That's what happened. I mean, you know... You know, wow. when, when you're coked up and you're doing all those sexual acts, you think of creepy shit like that. Like, maybe I could put my head in a snatch. But just to be driving around the 405, just to come up with yeah. that, I'm going to go home and stick my head in my fucking girlfriend's pussy. <laughs> I need a thinking cap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it probably is really comfortable. It's probably warm. warm it probably yeah. sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I kind of want to try it now. You ever think, like, when you were a kid, like, how far back do you remember being young? Like, I, I would love to remember being in the fucking stomach. Whatever the fuck goes on in there. Nobody remembers that shit. Nobody has a story about being... Everybody looks at death and everything. Everybody's been across the line, and they've seen the harmonicas. But nobody said, hey, man, I just had a fucked up memory. I still remember one night when my mother ate tacos and shit. <laughs> I almost hung myself with the fucking cord that fucking cunt. Nobody's ever done that. By the way, who do we have here today? We have, we have the man, the legend, Columbus, Ohio's own. I'm sorry I didn't introduce him earlier. He just jumped into the mix. Yeah, He's you guys had... I didn't even know we were recording yet. <laughs> Let's keep it going for my man Brian Redband and shit. Woo! Producer, Death Squad Studios, musician, musician. comic, pulling extravaganza, entrepreneur, you know, the fucking everything. You do it all. Yeah. I, What's uh, up, baby? Do too much. Good to have you in studio. Thank you. Finally, you're sitting on the other side of the mic. I love it. So we could break your balls. And I thought this would be a good idea. Felicia brought it up a yeah, while ago. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is a good idea. I want to get to know about Brian and break his balls. I've known you for how long now, Brian? Uh, almost 10 years. Wow, I watched you growing up, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you saw the Ohio version of me where I was shy and dumb. And I, I definitely, when I first moved here, I would not talk to myself. The Ohio version of me. It's embarrassing to think about. No, you were just young. Yeah. How you old were you when you moved here? Not young. 30. <laughs> 29. But he was a young. He was young. You know, Brian looks like he's 22 right yeah, now. Yeah, you look really super young. So, you know, I mean, uh, when you live in Ohio, you don't really grow or progress much. You don't really have anything stimulating your mind. You're, you're pretty much, you just go to work. You look at the same fucking gray sky every day. You're... You're you're not challenged mentally at all. I, at least I wasn't. I was just going from job to job, working multiple jobs. Just fu- I gave up pretty much on life when I lived in Ohio. It was just nothing. nothing so what to do. made you come move out here? Joe Rogan, pretty much. Uh, he one day. I mean, I, before 
I, I had was a fan of Joe Rogan's, I, I actually, and Doug Stanhope. And so I would go to their shows because there's nothing else to do in Ohio. So anytime they were anywhere close to Ohio, I would drive there and, you know, ask if I could videotape their show and make like a small movie for them for their website because back then there wasn't YouTube. So I was I was really good at making small movies that people could put on their website that you could download using shitty internet back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joe liked it so much that you know he started to fly me out like to texas you know and like do like a video form there in texas and then one day he just called me up out of the blue and was like hey do you want to move to california and i'm like fuck yeah so i pretty much just left my whole life quit you know quit my job uh, me and uh, my girlfriend at the time we just got this brand new house that was awesome and like two months after we got the house we we're like all right we, we just have to break this lease and so I pretty much dropped everything on just hoping, you know, for a chance to come out to California and not fucking live in Ohio anymore. Were you scared? Were you like, is Super this going to be bullshit? Or I mean, because that's that's when you when you like like I know living in Colorado in a small town when you're like you know someone from uh, like L.A. would come and say something like you should come to L.A. You know, I can hook you up with this. And you're like, is it bullshit? Were you so nervous? I was really nervous. And what's crazy is before that, I mean, I just recently was like my first time of leaving the country when you live in ohio small town ohio i i mean i was at the border states i had been to indiana pennsylvania things like that but i've never been as far as california i've never done anything where i just pretty much just crossed my fingers and jumped into the deep pool you know mm -hmm. but uh no it was it was scary it was it was really i but the 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 events that led up to it it was kind of amazing like the job that I had worked for, I was I was about to give my two week notice and like to move to California. And when I sat down with the manager, he was like, "Good, I need to talk to you." Also, we're closing all of our our uh, locations, and so they paid uh, a severance package. So oh, I got awesome. a severance package oh, to move awesome. to California, and so it, it was kind of like, "Wow, that's kind of lucky." But uh, it was fate. Yeah, it was fate. It was fate. And then we drove out, you know, in a U-Haul, which was scary because. Driving U-Haul is scary, but driving to California from Ohio is pretty f scary, you know. Yeah. And then I, I lived out in Ohio for a while, and or I mean, lived in California, and like Joe had me move into this really rich part of Los Angeles. So the first couple of years, I hated living out here. I think most people probably do. You were all the way up north. Yeah, I was in Calabasas, which was. Oh, you were. Yeah, and so every weekend, because uh, my main job was uh, filming Joe at the comedy store. Every Friday and Saturday night, I would drive, you know, drive the comedy store and just record all the crazy shit that happened, and that's how I recorded the Carlos Mencia versus. Oh, Joe I was Rogan wondering fight. how that came about. Yeah. Like, who recorded that? Wow, you recorded that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Any videos you pretty much seen of Joe Rogan uh, in the last ten years pretty much have been me. How long have you worked for Joe? Ten years, about. I think this oh, is our tenth wow. year or ninth or tenth year, something like that. Wow. Yeah. How many podcasts do you do on Death Squad? Uh. Well, we do Joe's twice, sometimes three times a week. Uh, and Death Squad, I do probably about, I have about 12 shows, but uh -huh. I don't do them every week. Uh, I do about six shows a week. You know, and then some of the podcasts do every two weeks, some of them do every month. You know, it just depends, but I think I have like 12 altogether that are still off and on that I do. It's just way too much. Because mm -hmm. Death Squad's actually, I still work for Joe full time. Death Squad's my free time. And what started off as just like a fun little project, have it one or two podcasts, has, has turned into another full-time job. So so now I'm up every night to like four in the morning doing all the... It's a lot of work. Yeah, huh? publishing part, the hard work, and then uh, 
that during the day I'm doing sometimes two, three times, three podcasts a day now. Wow. Yeah, it's killing me. <laughs> I need to it's get hard, interns when and you're, all When you're stuff. doing it, you have to focus, focus, right? You have to focus and you have to be have something to say, which, which when you're doing that many podcasts, you just run out of shit to say. So I find myself doing stupid shit all the time just, just so I have something to talk about. Uh-huh. Like I'll be like, uh, hey, let's go to this party at, at this gay club and do ecstasy with uh, seven trannies. You know, just to see what happens. Uh-huh. You know, but so I do find myself doing destructive things just to to make things happen. You know, to have something to talk about. But yeah, you get kind of sucked out after a while. You you probably have done podcasts before where you're just like, I have nothing to talk about. But it took us a long time <laughs> to get to time. the point. But a year a year into it, we were like, we got to get guests because we have a, tapped the bank. Yeah, we have. It's tough. It's a really it, tough. It is tough. And you, you you find that like I know with Joe, he finds that happening to him a lot. Like he he'll tell stories over and over again just because you know that what he did this week was you know just he was busy all week you know so he'll but i think that's just bound to happen with anybody now before you did the podcast what a lot of people don't remember is that we were doing the joe show right which i don't know how many episodes we ended up doing i think we did like 12 episodes and then uh Joe show was uh, when when we were at the comedy store. I would just record a bunch of crazy people and then take all the video. I mean, I have boxes and boxes and boxes, hundreds and hundreds of hours of video that I would try to make little movies about. And it was really hard to do because uh, you know it's hard to put together a bunch of shit and condense it into like a ten minute, fifteen minute video. So that really killed me. I didn't I didn't enjoy doing that at all. Like it was easy sometimes when like Carlos Mencia and Joe Rogan fought. That was easy. But a lot of times it was taking all this crap and trying to make something out of it. And uh, then I we had this idea, because it was so hard to do, that we'd start doing these Death Squad videos. I don't know if you remember these. These were short versions of the Joe show. And then we ca- I called them Death Squad. And they were uh, like, you know, you and Austin. Joe. Yeah, you yeah, and Joe Austin. getting in a fight in, in the car on the right, way right. to the, the hotel. Austin or, and stuff, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. San Antonio or something. So it was, uh, it was interesting you know, doing those Joe show videos and we tried to sell it, you know, uh, Sony bought it at one point and then everyone got fired at Sony. And then, so then we, it, nothing ever happened of it. And then I kind of been trying to get Joe to do like a video show, like a podcast type video show for a while. And so once that finally happened, I was so relieved because it wasn't me trying to make a story out of all this crazy stuff that happens. Now it's just, you know, unedited. It's just what I thought should be the whole time. You know, is get as much Joe to the audience as possible. And I think that's what the podcast has done. Instead of all these people waiting for me to make a video of Joe for ten minutes, now they get you know four hours, six hours of Joe a week, which I think, for, as a fan, is awesome for them. You know, but you I do, could. I do miss making the videos or having time to make the videos. We used I, to have a fucking when we all used to go out. Which was, it was six of us. At one time, it was six of us on a fucking plane. Right. And uh, it went all night and all day. I would disappear. Right. But you were out with them until six, shooting pool, eating barbecue, listening to UFC stories. It used to drive you nuts because you're like, what the fuck? Don't these guys ever sleep? I know. They would talk about jujitsu and. Uh, yeah, it, it was weird because, like, we would go out to, like, <coughs> you know, play pool or do something and, or eat, you know? And we would all sit around and eat and talk for four hours. And that right there would have been a podcast, you know. So now 
uh, that same conversations that we had on the road and doing all the time, we do every week now. So it was kind of weird seeing how before we had podcasts, we pretty much were doing podcasts, but no one was recording it or, you know, not the whole thing. Um, at, what, at what point did you start doing comedy? Um, when I lived in Ohio, I did comedy. Uh, before was, you moved out. Before yeah. I moved to oh, L.A. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Funny Bone was my uh, home club. But the problem with that is there was only one comedy club back then in Columbus, Ohio. And there was about 60 people that wanted to be comics. So every week you had to like audition. And then you, you I think I got a spot maybe once every two months. And uh-huh. it was like a three minute, five minute spot. I think it was three minutes. And so you, you, you go there every week, audition, and blah, blah, blah. And you realize that the only way you could get spots is if you were friends with everybody that worked at the comedy club. That's pretty much what it was, is bullshit. Uh, and then after a while, I just gave up. Uh, it was the day Bob Hope died. I, I had this joke that I was trying to be edgy because like I was my, Doug Stanhope was my, my idol at the time. And so I, I did this Bob Hope joke, and it, I got booed and hissed off stage. And I was like, you know what? I, uh, I spent two months trying to get this three-minute spot. I do a joke that I thought was funny, and I got booed and hissed off stage. I give up. So I, I quit comedy for like four years. Did you do it on the day Bob? Yeah, the Hope day he died. died. And it, what, what <laughs> That's was, so sad. He quit comedy on the day Bob Hope died. <laughs> and what was funny, what was funny is that, that, that the audience, they, for open mics, they never could have an audience at the Funny Bone, so they would give out free tickets to uh, retirement homes. And so the day that Bob Hope died, the audience was 70% retirement home guys. And it was the dumbest idea for me ever to do. And I, I, I deserved it. But I thought it was a good joke and I wanted to do it. So, Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. You got to give it a couple days to Bob. settle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Now I live off of Bob Hope Drive too, which is weird. I think Bob it just haunts you, yeah. <laughs> Bob so, Hope's going to get you, Rich. It's so weird as a comic when something tragic happens and, and you think you have the joke right? and you bring it to the club that night and you say it and eight people get up and run out know. you know that is fucking classic and that, what was crazy even on top of it is that it was it's during the war like we were sending all our troops over and after 9-11 and it was like all like touchy and the joke not only made fun of Bob Hope but it the joke was uh, did you guys hear Bob Hope died do you think they flew out his dead or his body to entertain all the dead troops Why, so. You really think that's funny? No, that's I think awesome. that's <laughs> He just cracked us That was so cute. No, it cr- makes me cringe now. As a comic, you know, you remember your good points, and you know, oh, I had a great set there. It's a great club. I. I got my dick sucked there or whatever but you also remember nights like that mm-hmm. and they ring out in your head once every six months after you've <laughs> had a bad night at the club you compare it to that night like well at the end of your conversation like that was a bad set but ooh, it wasn't right. as bad as that night in Boulder you know what I'm saying <laughs> like ooh, you, know, like you compare it to those feelings because some nights you do say something that brings the fucking yeah, room yeah, to the yeah. hall. And you learn that. It's a terrible fucking feeling you sometimes. You know, you learn that. You, uh, I remember when the, the, the what happened in Oklahoma, they blew up the kids in the uh-huh, basement. Uh-huh. And somebody in Seattle, fucking packed house, came out and said, those kids deserved it or something. Uh, what? It was a joke. And the fucking place cleaned up. Yeah. 
you know, and at the end, like, the guy felt bad. Like, he thought he was cool. But then the comics were like, you just ruined our fucking Wednesday night. Yeah. It's 120 people. You just ruined it because you can't. When you're green, you can't bounce back from that. Yeah. Right. I, I still find myself, and I think it's just because I'm, I'm not, I'm still a noob when it comes to comedy. You know, hours put in and stuff like that. But I still find myself doing tasteless jokes. And it's just because. I'm, I'm tasteless. My head's tasteless. It's just in I, your I heart. Think shit, like when yeah. Amy Winehouse died. It just makes died. you laugh. That's just what makes you laugh. Yeah, when Amy Winehouse died, I said she didn't die. She's just planking. You know? and Listen, just... bro. I want you to know something <laughs> in your heart. It you still be, cracks them up. You could, be, you could be Felicia, who's a sweetheart, or my wife, who's a sweetheart. The first reaction you get when you hear something is your reaction. And sometimes it might not be right. Sometimes it makes you giggle. Right. You know, sometimes. And that's the shit you got to put on Twitter. Mm-hmm. The shit that you don't, and you're like, I, yeah, that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Because that's your first. Then what we do as comics is we try to, we can't say that. Right. We have to dope it up. And there went your fucking brilliance. Off the window. Because you say it. Right. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? It's Twitter. What are they going to do? Rip up their tickets, unfollow you. You know what I'm saying? They can't oh, go no, nowhere. I've been unfollowed. I've been unfo- you know, we did, a, and it's amazing how, you know, you don't know what's going to strike a chord. You really don't. So unless you say it, and then you find out how to bounce yourself out of that fucking hole, you really don't. Like Chris McGuire. You know, you know Chris McGuire? Uh-uh. He's a writer, a really funny guy, guy from Boston. Great guy. And he was telling me a story that one night he was eating people. At some, he was eating people. He was eating dinner with his wife at some gay guys' homes. Just, you know, and his wife, his friends, and he know they're writers, and they were having a great time. And nothing wrong with that. We're just having dinner. There was, there was a gay couple. And that somebody was in the room and looked at Chris McGuire, and he goes, hey, do you still work with Joe Rogan? And he goes, yeah, from time to time. And he looked at the gay guys, and he goes, I like Joe Rogan until he called Princess Dia cunt. And he goes to the two gay guys went, <gasps> at the same time. He goes, they just froze up. You know, to some people it might have been a joke, but to those guys, they fucking froze at it. You know, yeah. I was laughing when he said it. I don't think he called her a cunt, whatever the right. fuck. But you, you never know until you say it, and you got to bounce yourself out of it. That's, that's the hard part. That's the gift. Yeah. That's the gift that a lot of people don't understand when you bury yourself. And then got to get yourself out of it. And you know what? It's so weird because as a young comic, you just run off that fucking stage. You run off the stage. But every once in a while, you got that light and you're getting paid. So you, you fucked up. Now you got to clean it up. And after oh, those yeah. nine minutes, oh, yeah. you learn how to get yourself oh, out of the hole. You don't even want to get yourself out of the hole. You're like, oh, if you didn't like this, well, fuck everybody. Yeah. And you lose your shit for 45 minutes. And that's where Brian Holtzman comes in. <laughs> you know, that's where Brian Holtzman. Fuck you, motherfuckers. You know, yeah. one place where I used to get myself into deep holes, and it was a nightmare, it was the original room. When you get yourself into a deep hole in the original oh, room, yeah. you, you, you a sh- 10 shovels can't help you. Yeah. You know, 10 Mexicans with strong backs can't help you. That is a hole. And when you look at that light, you're praying for it to turn blue. Because there's times you're just praying for that light to turn blue. You know those nights, Felicia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, when is this set going to end? And you got, what do I got left? You're at the 10 minute mark. Oh, boy. <laughs> and that's when joke thieves become joke thieves. Because that's when you start thinking, man, I got to bail out of this. What if Bill Cosby using that special in 82? And that doesn't even fucking work. And now you, you know, it's, it's people don't understand the process of becoming a comic and how hard it is. And you learned it that night. That's phase one. It, I quit for years. Yeah, it fucking shocks you. How long did you quit for, really? I think four years. Wow. And I, I didn't start back up until I moved to Los Angeles. And then 
there was just way more open mics out here. Yeah. So then I tried it out and I didn't get addicted to it until recently, maybe two years ago, a year ago. Now I, I get it. Like I, before when I was doing the open mics, it was more of like a hassle, a job. You, there wasn't enough, uh, I don't know, payback for doing all this, you know, taking off time, trying to get on, on stage and then having a shitty set. You, I just didn't feel any reward to it. So I never felt a, the addiction to it. It's funny because the people at home, you know, we all started. I know Felicia read the Judy Carter book. I, read, I didn't read the Judy You never Carter. read the Judy Carter book. Okay, <laughs> then I'm, I'm the only fuck. The I'm the only book. loser in the room then, okay? <laughs> First he calls me old, now you accuse me no, of reading no, the Judy given, Carter I've book. Given, I've given <laughs> I've given what Judy, is going on? I've given Judy Carter $3,000 of my money. Because for years, oh, every wow. time I'd lose the book, I'd buy the book again at fifteen ninety-five. And it's really weird. You, you read the book to become a comic. And this is where you're going to come in because you're the one that told me about this. You read the book about becoming a comic and it keeps saying open mic. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go to this open mic. Explain the open mic in L.A. It's a slash open mic therapy it's meeting. It's, it's uh, what's the other? Oh, oh, mental health release night. Yeah. It's so awful. when you're an open mic and you come to L.A. and you're like, I made it. And then you show up at the fucking thing and bag people are signing up. People pull up with a shopping cart. What's his name at the comedy store? Oh, Boone. Boone Chakalachik pulls up with a shopping cart with a wig on, and he's trying to sign in. So it makes you kind of, it tastes a little bit more from you than when you do an open mic, per se, in Denver. Yeah. When you did the comedy works, it was 18, not working comics. You know, one of them had a job selling cars or whatever. But when you come to L.A., an open mic is not really an open mic, per se. It's an evening of fucking medieval. Anything can go down. You get stabbed. You know, anything could go down. And I've been to them where people call you up and they're like, hey, will you headline this room? And you get over there and it's people who haven't taken a shower. It's some right. fucking scary but people. But there is positive things with that. Oh, also. there's because, fucking tons of shit. Because then when you kill, because everyone else sucks, it makes you feel like, oh, I'm way better than t- those last 10 people. Uh, I'm doing something good, you know? So there is positive about being better than a homeless person, which and is a lot of the open mics are homeless people. Also a great <laughs> way to meet other comedians that are trying to struggle. That's how, when yeah. I first came to LA, that's how I started meeting people and you know, and going to the comedy store and in the valley, all these shitty little gigs, and uh, that's how you meet Yeah, it's people. great for the yeah. sex life too, because you start meeting all these girl comics and you start hanging out. That, that's, I mean, if I was single, I would, and, and I would become a comic just to do open mics to meet all these Yeah, now there's a lot of girl souls. comics. Yeah. 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 In the old days, the guy comics would just hang out by the bathroom door <laughs> where the girls were going. Hey, have you guys had sex in the comedy store before? I have. I'm going to think about this. I don't think I've had sex. Hmm. No, I don't. Hmm. When you say sex, so. cover it. Any it, it, sexual it, it, activity? Low job will count. Have you? Yeah. Oh, please. Oh, please, yeah. him, yeah. Please. I, uh, I haven't had any. I've given a hug. In a comedy, never, but people thought it was sex. weird. It's like, what? You've never had sex? Or, like, I guess everybody's had sex, or I have. You could smell it. Yeah, you could smell when you it. walk into the fucking place, you could smell two hundred years of sperm <laughs> in the air lingering. You, like you know, just do it now. It's a, uh, it's a really weird place like that. Yeah, the ladies' room in the main room. That's where you. Gotta that's go. where you have ladies your sex. Room in the main room. Yeah. Okay. That's where I would if I, I if I was gonna do it. I'd pick that or up by the belly room in the top and then by. 
Somewhere like oh, yeah. that, right? They have good rooms up in the belly room. They mm-hmm. have a woman's bathroom, but the woman's bathroom is at like one stall and it's really big. You can fuck on the floor. You can pick up <laughs> legs. You can tie her up. Nobody would ever know. Trust me, I used to do fucking powder up there. That's a good one. The ladies' bathroom in the belly room for the quick blow job. You got to go by where the phone phone room is. Uh-huh. There's that little bathroom there. Right. That's a perfect. Now there's room. cameras everywhere in the comedy store. Really? They really? put hidden cameras. No one knows, but there's cameras everywhere now. Wow. So maybe they'll see the fucking ghost. That's a new TV show. Now, when yeah. did you start doing comedy with Joe with us on the road again? Because I know you started doing it, and you had your time, and we had a good time. And Joe was actually the first person to get me back into doing comedy. I think we were in the Punchline Atlanta about three years ago, four years ago, and he just threw me on stage. And uh, he's just like, do you remember any of your old jokes? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, how about you're going to go up tonight? And that, so I had like 15 minutes to try to remember all my old jokes and, and write new oh, jokes. Oh, wow. So, and it's on video. I, I have it on video. I put it on my YouTube page. And I did okay for not doing comedy for a long time. It was hard to remember all, all your old. I don't remember jokes now if I don't go on stage for two weeks. Me either. And oh, either. it's a fucking nightmare. That's, that, I remember when I first started oh. doing comedy, I used to go to the other comics. Remember I had a joke about the garbage can? And they'd be like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> it's, uh, it's bad now. It's yeah. like last night. I didn't, on yeah. the way down there, I sat down for 20 minutes. And I'm like. Yeah, last night I hadn't been on stage in like a week and a half, two weeks. Because I was in Japan and all this shit. And, and. I forgot all these tags that I, I added. I was like looking through my notes going, oh yeah, I forgot about that joke. Trying to, but I, it all came together. There's there's definitely jokes that I could always remember, but it's the new stuff. Trying to remember. I just watched uh, the Joe thing when I went crazy in Vegas. When that when I was going to commit suicide in Vegas. Oh, ready to die. My God, that was fucked up, man. Yeah. Uh, what were that you was think? depressing. Like what Joe made th- me believe that you were going to die any day now. That, that, that video was what? really hard to make because the whole time I'm thinking like, all right, this is going to be shown at the comedy store when Joey Diaz dies. Uh, I better make it good. Like, I thought you made me believe you were dying. Joe made me believe you were dying. <laughs> and it was just you being in a bad spot with drugs and shit, I think, wasn't it? Oh, my or God. Just- I used to go to Vegas, and a kid here told me one time, if you ever go to Vegas, call this number. They'll take care of you. It's in my wallet. And one night I go to Vegas with Joe on a Friday. I go, let me test this. I call the guy. The guy goes, where you at? Mandalay Bay, whatever. He goes, what room are you in? 1610. See you in 10 minutes. After I hang up the phone, I go, they're not going to let him through. They're not going to let him through. We're at the hotel. They're not going to let you through. We're not at the regular Mandalay Bay. Right. 10 minutes later, how you doing? You call me. Black guy comes in, shakes my hand. I shake his hand. He goes, what are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for a Coke. He goes, I could say you're a grand for 60, or I could say you're an eight ball for 120. He gives me the eight ball, and he goes, for an extra $15, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a come down package. I go, what's in the come down package? He goes, you got a couple of Percocets, a couple of Vicodins, and a couple of Valiums. Chris Farley special. I said, give it to me. I mean, I didn't go to the weigh in, I didn't do nothing. I remember that. Like, I would go to Vegas and not even really? see Joe. I wouldn't even see Joe. Mm-hmm. They, I'll tell you. Yeah. See you later. I go in my room, start. I come down maybe to eat. I'd go to the show. I'd fucking hold off all night. And as soon as I came off that stage, I wouldn't see you motherfuckers till Sunday. And that one time, I stayed in the hotel all three fucking days. Like, that's it. I would just, he would bring me an eight ball every day with the come down package. And it wasn't the blow that was bothering me. It was the come down package. Those fucking Vikings and shit. And he caught me at the tail end of this. And I was like, and it was true at the time. 
I mean, sometimes I, you just, I was burnt out, man. I was just worn out. I was fucking worn out. Like, it was like, what's the point of this? And the fucking Valiums and the pills don't help you even more. I just watched that, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that. And that's a, that, if you haven't seen that, why is it? It's called Joey Diaz Ready to Die. It's I fucking believe. scary. I mean, what are you doing in it? Just talking it's the depressing. way I'm talking now. It started off with him talking about how he's given up the will to live. And, uh, like, we were in San Francisco, and I was recording him just leaning up against the wall talking about like you know like how you just gave up hope there's no reason to live anymore and then i seriously while i was making the video my idea was to show that hopefully joey would watch it and be like look dude you're having fun you know so the the video ends positive like i think in a positive light but while i was making it i was thinking like shit he's gonna die soon like i thought you were i think it was like 2005 and how long much longer did it take before you stopped then from that point snapped two years yeah I think two the Weight Watcher thing point. really helped you too no you but the Weight really Watchers were two years after that yeah. it was oh. the, the Weight Watchers I started in 2008 or 2009 but that was just a time where uh, you know Felicia you've you've had great success in this town and sometimes you do something and you anticipate something you know and, and Freddie Lockhart really helped me because Freddie pulled me aside one night he's like after Frank TV Everybody blew smoke up my ass that this is what's going to happen. Get ready to buy a car. You're going to go to Florida. You're going to get your dick sucked. You're going to be on television. And the phone don't ring. Mm-hmm. And like, I got caught up with the blow and the pills. And it took me to this place, Felicia, where I was basically just doing stand-up. Just to, I didn't want to do anything. I had the surgery on my neck. I had the fat ball. Oh, yeah, I think it wasn't until the cats. It wasn't until like, the twins came up super bad that I started getting it back together, like, you know what, I gotta stay alive for these little motherfuckers. And I started, but he made that tape. And when you watch it, Felicia, you're like, there's something not good there. And I don't think I was gonna shoot myself. I think that if a couple more weeks, I think I OD'd. Yeah. I OD'd shortly after that. You did? Yeah, I OD'd on Valiums, 30 Valiums. and How'd that happen? 30 Valiums? I went to fucking Beaumont, Texas after the longest yard. And there was a kid in Beaumont that always had weed or coke for me. Really fucking high-level, high-level cocaine. So I get down on Thursday to do radio on Friday, and I call him, and he goes, I don't have anything. He goes, the only thing I have is Valiums. And I go, you know what? Give me the Valiums. How many you got? And he told me. I gave him like a $50 bill, and he put him in a brown bag, yeah, like a brown paper bag. So you can't really, I didn't know what I was doing. So that night I had no blow, so I ate a Valium. It was Thursday night, and I went to the show the next day, did radio. Next afternoon, I said, let me eat a Valium. I ate another Valium. That night, I went to the fucking club, and they sent, they sent you shots of uh, Jägermeister. So the first night, the blow came, and I ate a couple of Valiums. That Saturday, I ate a couple more Valiums. That fucking Saturday night, I was laying down on stage. Laying down, doing my material. That's how fucked wow. up I was on the Jägermeister and the Vs. So when I get out, I take some country girl home with no shoes. She just left her boyfriend there. And she's a coke fucking fiend. And we go back to this hotel. And I forget this, Felicia. And I had this bag. So I couldn't really tell how many Valiums I was eating. I'm giving them to her. Now it's Saturday at 4 in the morning. My flight's at 11-something out of Houston. The car was picking me up at 9. At 6, the two eight balls were gone. Two eight balls. And I went to get the bag of Valium. And when I stuck my hand, there was nothing there. And I turned it on. There was nothing there. I had eaten 30 fucking Valiums in three days. Wow. But that night, I had eaten like maybe eight tenths. So I couldn't even talk. Like, I couldn't even talk. Like, I was talking. I passed out. The girl woke me up. And she goes, I got to leave. My husband's looking for me. Whatever the fuck. Bye. And I, don't, I didn't wake up till Monday when the hotel manager was banging on the door. 
And I got up and I gave him another two hundred dollars and I said, just leave me the fuck alone. I went back to sleep till Wednesday. And on Wednesday I called Jody Furley's boyfriend. He picked me up, took me to Houston, put me in a hotel, and I couldn't even come home. Because I couldn't even fucking talk. The volumes were all over my body. I couldn't even talk. I was like, what's going on? I was thirsty. So I didn't recover. It took me a week to fucking recover after the fucking volume thing. You so never thought told, to go to the hospital? No. A guy like me don't go to the fucking hospital for volumes. You just wait it out and drink water and sweat it out. Wow. And that's why when Whitney Houston fucking passed, it really hit me hard because I got told a thousand people. I mean, we don't even know if that's a cause of death or not. But how many times have we in the valley been gone to bed at night? So before you go fucking throwing stones, just thank the Lord that you're still here. That could have happened to anybody. I was this fucking close. I remember my agent called me from L.A. and wanted me to go back from an audition and me talking to him and not knowing what I was saying. And after the 20-minute conversation, he goes, Joey, are you okay? Like, it was Wednesday, and I was still fucked up. So I went through some shit, and Brian, Brian was there. These guys fucking seen it. And thank God Joe loves me because he wouldn't tolerate it from anybody else. Yeah. You know that. No, yeah, he would say, this guy's on drugs. Right. He kept taking me. And wow. he kept going, I wonder what the fuck's up with Joey. And then he talked to me in a plane ride one time. He finally got the heart to go say something to me. And I was like, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. And then it was fucking scary there for two years, Felicia. It was really bad. Yeah, I can't it lie to you. Bad. It ended with heroin. That whole... 18 months ended with, you know, that I would do heroin and I would do blow for the week. So I had it figured out in my head. I'm just going to do heroin on Monday nights. And I won't do blow. Really? Yeah. Because I figured if I'd stop snorting, I wouldn't be funny anymore. Because they tell you how all these comics stop getting high and they're mm -hmm. not funny anymore. This is what's in your head as a comic, you know, when you're here. That's why you understand when football players eat 20,000 steroids to compete. Because when they're 32, to compete with the 22-year-old guys. Because I didn't know what was going on. And these guys, in a way, like Red Man knew my secrets. Whenever I'd get a rock, I'd chop it up with Red Man or show it to him. Or, you know, he knew more than everybody. Yeah. I would disappear. I wouldn't see these guys. Yeah. Fuck the food. Fuck everything. I'm and in you my only room. had a pager back then also. So they couldn't get a hold of me. <laughs> yeah. As Joe says he just fell off the face. I the would fall room. off the face. You could knock on my door. I ain't going to open it. Yeah. I know it ain't nothing good. Ain't nobody coming up here to bring me. I knew when the Coke dealer was coming, I knew his knock. That's it. I know how a Coke dealer knocks. Fucking scary. And Brian and these guys were. So that's weird. Like we've seen each other grow. I mean, it's been. Uh, I remember one night I went to the store and you were with Duncan. And I got really fucking coked up at the store, and I was torturing you guys. <laughs> and when I got home, Joe called me. He's like, what'd you say to Duncan and Brian? They're scared. Oh, yeah. What was that? Oh, I my God. I mean, you scared Duncan, too? And him. And yeah. Duncan knew me. And when he called me and said that, the next day I was like, I must have said something fucked up to them. Yeah. Because he's known me. You were totally a different person. Totally. Felicia, were... totally. It's really fucking scary when you uh, and you to, to know that you had that shit on tape. I was pale. Yeah, you just I just remember you leaning up against the wall, like just I don't know, like it was weird. It was so weird seeing somebody go through that. It's so amazing the turnaround that you did, though. Not only did you get off all that shit, then you fucking did the Weight Watchers and lost all his weight, and it was so happy. It was I was so happy to see you. You you turned your life around more than I've ever seen anybody turn life yeah, around. Yeah, you know, hey listen man, when you're there and you know, you just know how lucky you are. I know. I know every day when I wake up it's like 
I was telling somebody the other day, I have these three pictures of kids I, that I grew up with that are dead now. When I wake up in the morning, those are the three fucking things I look at first. Yeah. Fuck the cats, fuck my dick, fuck pissing. I look at those pictures and I'm like, I got to do something today that they couldn't do. How the fuck am I going to be coked up and right. do something that they're not fucking doing? That's not what they want from somebody, you know? So it's uh, it happened too late, you know, but it happened. You know, Ray Charles cleaned up at 60-something and he died a couple years later. At least I got, hopefully I'll have 20 years to enjoy a regular fucking life. I mean, I still love smoking my weed and there ain't nothing wrong with that. But And even that I want to quit eventually, you know? It's so weird, but... It, it sucks seeing people that are in that boat right now, though. Like, there's a lot of comics that I, I just know that, you know, they're fucking just do coke every night, and they're doing drugs every night, and you just want to pull them aside, but then you're just policing everybody, and you feel like a douchebag, but... Brian, if you would have came up to me as my brother 10 years ago and took me aside in the other room and said to me, stop doing coke, what would I have said to you? You would have smacked me and then raped me in the so, ass. So how can bag. I say something to somebody? Yeah. How can yeah. you go up to yeah. somebody and judge? Uh, not judge. How can you go up to somebody and go, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Right. I, mm. I could change your fucking life in 10 minutes. And I'm not going to hit you with a rehab or nothing. That's not that. But just, hey, man, look at the fucking, wipe your nose. If somebody would have came up to me and said that to me, yeah. it would have been craziness. Yeah. It would have been a tough afternoon for you to get out of. So I would never go up to somebody. It's like comedy. How many times you, you see somebody on stage and you're fucking laughing? And you're like, I'd love to give that person this tag. Right before you're going to go, you're going to mind my business. That's going to turn into something else. This will go somewhere else. I'm not going to take it the right way. One of the things, Brian, that we really grown together was like when I first met you, and Brian, I fucking hated UFC more than Brian. And we would <laughs> sit there that. and listen to bullshit in the van and... When Tate was on the Ultimate Fighter, and Eddie yeah. would come with us on the road, and they would talk about shit. Me and you would just look at each other like, "What the fuck is going on?" And over the years, we become fans. And one of the things about me and Brian that we really like going to the fights. Like we go prepared. We bring peanuts and and we we Some get flowers. edibles and sunflower seeds and and we gamble and we yell at people and people know. Like when we're not together, people are like, "Where's Red Band?" Oh, Red Band stayed back. Fuck, I thought Red Band would be here. Well, how it's, long did it take you guys to get to where you enjoyed uh, the UFC? I always enjoyed the UFC. But, I mean, I watched it when I was younger, but I just stopped watching. I, I don't enjoy it to the fact that Joe enjoys it. Like, I like to watch it like it's a TV show, and then when it's done, it's done. Where Joe and all these guys talk nonstop about it. Like, almost like people talking like about baseball. Like, numbers and stats. And I hate that shit. That shit drives me crazy. So, when I tell people, like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of UFC. It's like, I don't, I'm not a fan of talking about it. Like, I like to watch it. Like, I, I fucking sat there and watched Strike Force the other day. I fucking loved it, man. But I, it's not like I'm fucking calling Joey up. Like, let's talk numbers. Let's talk fight. You know, I can't remember anybody's names. You know, I, I just like watching it. But yeah, I don't know. It, it started because we got really good seats. You know, Joe started taking to these UFC fights, and we're like ringside sitting next to, you know, Jeremy Piven and Jenna Jameson. That becomes more of a show where it's 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 exciting to go to uh, a live UFC when you have really good seats. You know. Yeah. But I also prefer just sitting at home or at Barney's Beanery with Joey watching UFC. We've had good times at those fucking fights, man. Let me ask. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, okay. No, 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 well, no. I so I just wanted to ask you, like, uh, did you ever think um, that you would be at this point doing this in your life? No, but 
Um, the weirdest thing was is when you when I was in middle school, uh, well, no, freshman in high school, they have a, a uh, where you pick what you want to do for. Uh, a living uh-huh. and then you had a shadow day where you like said so like if you wanted to be a zookeeper you know they would have you shadow a zookeeper for the day and I picked being a radio DJ and so I uh, you oh, know wow. out of the blue I wanted to be an artist most of my life but as a job I was like you know I think I would like being a radio DJ so uh, the day I went was the day uh, after Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson and so I, I shadowed and Buster Douglas was in the radio station and I got to meet him the day after. And it was just, it, it was amazing watching it. And what was cool is that uh, about a year ago, we went to Columbus, Ohio and the, the, the DJ that was my shadower, like I shadowed him, uh, we went to his radio station and he remembered that. He was like, holy shit, I forgot, that was like 15 years ago. And so I never thought that I would actually be a radio DJ because when you live in Columbus, Ohio, you pretty much give up on life because it's impossible to do anything to, to get ahead. But uh, it, I guess when I was younger, I always wanted to do what I'm doing now. Podcasting is a radio DJ now, I would say. Right. Don't you think like uh, uh, that you have really been at the forefront of the whole podcasting endeavor? I mean... Well, podcasting was big about seven years ago. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh-huh. And uh, nothing, like it was kind of big for like a couple months. And then it just kind of fizzled out. And then podcasting got big again with the iPhones and all that becoming so popular. So, uh, it, yeah, it is weird. We kind of got on in at the exact right time, all of us, you know, like Joe, you guys, Death Squad. We all kind of uh, just happened to be the first on board the second wave and I think that helped us out a lot because we're one of the the originals now you know that like if you try to have a podcast now it's almost impossible you know if you get lost there's just millions and millions of podcasts so it yeah I think we have we we were lucky to do it when we did it you know is there something that do you always think about other things that you can do over the internet like do you have any other wild schemes or ideas or like what would you ultimately like to be participating in what way well i think the second phase of what i do at, at least at death squad or what joe does is um nowadays i think a lot of people watch our podcasts like the video component of our podcast and i think in the future that tv is going to be like you're going to have a tv station like this right now is your t your your nbc and so I think in the future, we're all going to have our own station. So instead of having cable TV where you turn on your cable box, you're going to have a TV that's connected to the Internet. You know, your TV is going to be made by Apple. And then you're going to sit there and be like, I, th- I think I'm going to see what's on Joey Diaz today. And you just go to like Joey Diaz's page and you, you watch his videos and stuff. I think that's what I think the TV channels are the next to go. Like radio right now is hurting because of podcasts, Sirius Radio, XM, all this shit. People aren't paying for that shit anymore when they can get this you know for free uh and i think that's what the the next person to get hit by the internet and then technology is definitely tv i don't i don't see nbc lasting long i don't see any of these guys last in 10 years you're going to be you're going to have better ratings than nbc how much tv do you watch a week Felicia? well i watch a little bit of hbo and stuff but let me tell you and this will scare the shit out of anyone that makes their living off of television my kids very rarely watch television exactly. and they're 11 and 12 years old it's over for them mm-hmm. you know there'll be live events that i think will be you know a, a big uh, a thing on television like boxing matches ufc whatever mm-hmm. but 
uh, it's all internet content now. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that already happening. I, I already see. I, I, I used to be the biggest TV nerd ever. I would watch The Office, you know, Saturday Night Live every week, blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, I watch TV maybe a half hour a day if lucky, and it's always right before I go to bed, I'll put on like Family Guy. And exactly. I'll fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. I put on HBO. Yeah. Things put like TV. By yeah. the way, I always torture Brian, and I want to apologize now because he turned me on to Family Guy, and uh, <laughs> I got to admit one thing right now. And if anybody hates me for this, you can hate me. The Sopranos, uh, Desperate Housewives, Dexter. They were all great shows. The Honeymooners was a great show. Friends was a great show. I really don't see a better show on television than Family Guy. Family Guy's awesome. If you really let it soak into your skin, (laughs) you can't believe they're saying this shit they're fucking saying. And I love it. I fucking, I went to uh, Tennessee and I bought a shirt. For me to buy a fucking you shirt. You bought a t- Family Guy shirt? And it says, it's the little guy, what's his Stewie. name? Stewie. rowing a boat with another guy. And, yeah. he, and he's saying, paddle faster, I hear banjos. I fucking <laughs> lost it. You know, I fucking lost it, okay? And I watch it, and there's, listen, you know, this is how good the show is. When you watch a show, I'll get up in the morning and go, Felicia, did you watch Sanford's son? He called on Esther a giraffe. <laughs> then he called Brian a fucking scumbag. When you watch Family Guys, there are so many jokes that you can't even remember one. And they're fucking lightning. It's over. one over the other. And it's while they're going, yeah, they're, yeah. they're showing you cartoons. And it's a saying or smoke. Or, and you're like, this is fucking Brilliant. I don't tell nobody this because they'll look at me. Well, you used to say, I remember back in the day, I didn't have any video, is that you used to say, he used to go off on me because I liked cartoons. He's like, off, off, (laughs) off. Stupid. He's like, how dare your child. Stop that. That's for fucking kids, motherfucker. And now I'm a closet family guy like a motherfucker. Oh, I love it. It is such a fun. Fuck The Simpsons. Fuck any of that shit. The Simpsons has his own thing going on. Family Guy for me has taken it to a complete different fucking level. You need to be a voice on the Family Guy. What the fuck? You'd be yeah, perfect. You'd be I've always thought you'd be guy. perfect for cartoons. I I'm still not done with Family Guy, bitch. All right. I'm still fucking high on Family Guy. And I can't believe it. I can't tell. Even my wife is like, "What are you watching Family Guy? What the fuck is wrong with you?" And I'm giggling. You know, it's yeah. uh so thank you. I used to torture you all the fucking. I used to go off Cartoons, you cocksucker. <laughs> Shut that I, shit off the floor. That's so mad. I remember oh. that. That's funny. That's funny. You know, you see grown men watching cartoons, and I cannot fucking understand it. You know, grown men playing games Nintendo, that drives me fucking crazy. You want to burn my fucking yeah. crow, tell me that you got a new game, and you robbed 18 cars that day, I will fucking pierce you with my eyeballs. I hate that shit. And cartoons really got me, but family guy, I got to give it to you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you and shit. Anyway, speaking of the internet, if you would like to go see our animation that's been up, we were getting a lot of hits on our Lately, yeah, yeah, yeah. It resurfaced, guys. Yeah, it about two it, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You so know, the it, internet, it takes time. Sometimes it does. So, you know, look, we were getting to this before. If you really think about it, how much TV do you watch? Not that much. How much do you watch? Seriously. And Seriously? We, you got Dexter, you don't watch I, no more. I watched, the last thing I watched was Lindsay Lohan on Saturday Night Live just because that's my girl. I'm trying to fuck her. Uh, but she was awful on it, and so I think I have a better chance now. But uh, honestly, every day, probably about 30 minutes. 30 it's minutes. always right before I go to bed, and it's always Adult Swim Family Guy. Okay, now let's be honest. Without editing, without videos, without Facebook, how much do you read on the internet? 
How much do you look at videos on the Ten internet? Ten hours a day. Oh, yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. So you're absolutely correct at what you're saying. Yep. Now you have 500 videos. How many times have you sat down on television? You pay for cable. I know Felicia pays for cable, right. and you've gone through 500 channels, and there's nothing that really appeases you. Yep. Maybe there's an old movie on HBO, but I'm paying fucking 100 a month to catch an old movie on HBO. Yep. You go right to the fuck. So you right now, supposedly the word on the street is they're gonna negotiate SAG and after next year. Because the media, Hulu, I don't know. I don't know these words, so right. don't quote me on this. But like Hulu and Apple TV are going to take over. Yeah, well, so Apple's about out. to release, I don't know if it's <clears throat> tomorrow or what, but they're about to release uh, Apple TV. And Apple TV is going to be your TV with a computer in it. And it's going to be, you're not watching NBC anymore. You're watching kind of like a Netflix or a Hulu, like, like you know, on demand almost. And that's going to be the beginning of it. You're going to see, I, I, I say in 10 years, uh, you're going to see us having Death Squad is going to be a channel that's more popular than, say, a you know a Spike TV or an HBO. How many subscribers do you have on Death Channel right now? I don't know how many subscribers, but I would say, I mean, I do over a million listeners a month. Holy shit. Okay, so how many subscribers do you have on the GRE podcast alone? On JRE, we probably get over a million per episode. Okay, so. Wow. Wow. So you, that means you have a half million subscribers, maybe 350,000 right. subscribers. People that click on and go whenever the podcast comes out, we get an email. Do you know that that's a network? Yeah. That's what Ion gets. That's what Oprah gets. Yeah. This really? is we. Yeah. When no, you see, when you look at the charts on Monday yeah. and you look at fucking night, listen, when we grew up, there was Blimpy Base and you always went to Blimpy Base. Then Subway came along and it was still popular. But then Ralph's, the supermarket in California, came along and they started making sandwiches. So you know what happens? Nobody makes money. So years ago, yeah, well, Seinfeld will get 8 million viewers. What do you think is a big number now for a television show? It's not what it was 10 yeah, years ago. it's not. It's not. It's so spread out, Felicia. So when somebody says to you, like, I'll just take an example. Gabriel Iglesias' the show on Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. Like somebody said, did like a, a, a five or something. That's 800,000 viewers. So if you have a half a million subscribers, you've already got a network. Yeah, you could just open up Joe Rogan Network, call cable, hey, and go give me channel five eighteen behind Fuel. That's mm -hmm. more viewers than Fuel gets. The, the biggest thing that needs to happen next, though, and this is what a lot of people are going through, is that these like companies like Coca Cola needs to go. Hey, I'm we're spending two million dollars on a thirty second spot on you know the, the new show Whitney. What, wait, we could spend that much money on a podcast, get more listeners, you know, if they do it every episode in a month. So that's what needs to happen, though, because we're a lot of the, us are, you know, we have our sponsors and stuff. But comparably, we should be getting paid a lot for the, the amount of people, ears that are listening it's to us. It's the truth, Felicia. And it's going to happen. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, why don't you do us a big fat fucking favor? Go to our webpage at beautyandthebeast.com. Click on the Amazon banner. It'll take you right to Amazon. You're not giving us any money. They just need proof that uh, you have heard their advertisement on the Beauty and Beast podcast. Would you please do that? And would you also go to iTunes? Because as you have told me, this has really changed everything. You gave me advice that you should ask listeners mm -hmm. to go uh, to uh, our iTunes and just leave a little bit of a review. Because when Great review. Yeah, yeah. A nice review, okay? It takes a couple seconds. Yeah, a nice review. Nothing fucking snarky. I know Joey's the king. I wash his feet every morning when he comes here. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, cut me some slack. Uh, just go there and put a, a sweet review on there. 
and uh, and that'll help drive us up in the what's hot hot list and is there anything you would like to add to that uh, my lord and master as a matter of fact I ordered I, I'm like the rich husband that supports the family and then they give you a birthday present so in reality you're really paying for your birthday present yes I bought two cases of CO2 coconut water yesterday with my own Amazon fucking number you did so just to let the viewers know awesome. you know this is not about you guys either we're all contributing we're all fucking helping and also aware from our other sponsors I'd like to give a shout out to tintedvisionart.com Go to TaintedVisionArt.com. They got a monthly reduction, and they got their little cushion model dolls on sale this month, which I'm going to get my... They got this squeezable fucking doll that's tremendous, and I got one at the house. The cats go crazy. It's like this R2-D2 looking fucking oh, pillow. Oh, really? The thing about TaintedVision.com, the whole patois is you got to smoke a joint and then go on the webpage because that'll take you into different cartoons and shit like that. <laughs> also, I'd like to give a shout-out to Adam and Eve. They're back, bitches, mm, with right. everything. They got the fucking uh, the cup Flash, that you jerk off flashlight. in. Flashlight. Flashlight. Wow. They got everything. They got everything. They got, if you order $39 right now today, they will send you a waterproof fucking dildo, which I'm still confused. What, a waterproof I, a dildo? A waterproof silicone-resistant dildo. Wow. It comes with its own gel. It comes $39. If you sign up for the Hotmail, you get 10% off your order. Right. And if you order $59 worth of shit, you get free fucking handling. But it don't end there. Go to the box, order a dildo. They got DVDs. They got lingerie. Get yourself a wife, your fucking lingerie. Make believe it's Felicia. Do what the fuck you got to do. And you get an additional 15% off when you put F-E-L-I-C-I-A in the box. I don't, that was like a spelling bee for me. That, I had to think of how to spell oh, your wow, fucking my name. My and, uh, Did you get those tassels at Adam and Steve? Because a lot of people don't know this, but you, you, you're completely shirtless with just tassels on. Uh, well, you know, uh, I handmade these, yes. Mm. Yeah, you know, my father was very good at tying flies. He was a fly fisherman, so I thought I should take that skill and do my own tassels. And by the way, a waterproof vibrator, finally the perfect gift for that special And I think like it bends this shit. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you know, when you look at Adam and Eve, they got a lot of neat shit on yeah. there. If you're a fucking pervert. They're the kings. That's yeah, okay. they're the fucking yeah. kings. We and got a lot not, of perverts. And it's stuff where if you're not that much of a pervert, but uh, you just want to spice things up. Like the wedgie, like the blow up oh, wedgie yeah. where you can finally, you know, have someone do you from the back and, and not I have to worry about that pesky third pillow falling off yeah, to the side. <laughs> I don't know, Joey. I don't know. I love it. No, no, you're selling it. This is what it's all fucking about. Sell, sell, sell. And I also want to give a shout out to Fredo, a.k.a. Jonathan Wolf. You know, we had Josh Wolf on Uh the podcast. Fredo is starting a new business. I'm going to give him a shout out. It's redbin.biz. Go on there. He's got... Redbin.biz? Biz, yeah. Yeah, B-I-Z. He's got a bunch of shit on there, like cheap, like giant shirts and T-shirts and skirts. And and it's, uh, I forget what the fuck. It's $75. $75, You get free shipping after $75. Let me tell you something. If you go on Red Bins for $75, you'll get a whole wardrobe for a year. It's the shit that fucking not even Ross wants. But it's still in great shape, and it's even like more 50% of it. So he started this little company. So go on there and support. He's part of the fucking... uh, Yes. Beauty and the Beast fucking network. When you want to buy clothing for the stepchildren you don't really care about. Yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Just going to pass it down anyway. What do you got going on this weekend, Felicia? Oh, uh, this weekend I am uh, uh, just uh, being around a mom. town. Yeah, being a mom because... Uh, I know uh, I spent a lot of time last week with my kids because I was on the road for two weeks. So then when it's I come tough, back, they're like, Christ, yeah. give us sugar, hug us, kiss us, tickle us in the bed. So How come they have no school today? What's the holiday? I don't know. They, yeah. I what don't the know. fuck holiday is today? What the fuck is that? They should go. They have no school today and tomorrow. 
So now I'm what? I, yeah, weirdly. So they just, just came yeah. home on Friday and gave you a note like we got no school. On we Monday. have no school Monday or Tuesday. They printed that shit out. No holidays. I don't know. No mail's delivering. It, yeah, yeah. I th- it's something to do with like grading and report card stuff. Uh, it's and, teacher conference. Shit. So yeah, they can't pay them like overtime. Remember in our day, the teachers went home and did all that shit at night. Yeah. Now the teachers are like, suck my dick, pal. Mm. You're gonna pay me during business hours. I got a life at night. Yeah. Probably. What else would they shut the fucking school? Seems like it makes sense. I think being a teacher would be the worst job on the planet. In I fact, agree. yesterday, and this is why I say this, because <clears> I took my kids to Target. Just corralling them at Target is fucking just, you know, like when my kids and me go to Target and I'm constantly like, no, you can't have that. No, you can't have that because it's not good for you because we don't have enough money. You can't have that. I feel like I, this is how the president must feel with Congress. You know what I mean? Like they must be that fucking annoying. Like, shut the fuck up because I fucking said so. That's all I have to say about that. When she was yelling, one tassel was going one way, one way, and the other way. Well, here, let me do that. There we go. There we go. Oh, my goodness. There we go. It's so fucking crazy that you have that. But we're fucking here. Brian Redman, what can I say? What do you got to tell me? What are you going to close up with? Uh, just My podcast is uh, DeathSquad.tv, DeathSquad on iTunes. I'm happy you came on tonight, Thank bro. you, Thank so you for having me, guys. Thank no, I wanted to much. hit you from a different angle, and it's great to see that. We've grown the last 10 years. We just haven't been stalemate. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I'm watching it through this fucking podcast out. But last night when we got on stage, awesome. it was people fucking yelling, Felicia. Like, I, Red Band coming to the stage. Who brought you up? Uh, uh, Ari. Ari. Yeah. It was, I sat in the back like you thought it was Michael Jackson in the awesome. building. I look up and they're Red Band. They know who it is. So for you people that are listening, thank you for giving us a chance and, uh, for believing in us, whether it's Death Squad or Beating the Beast, we're here. And, and feel good you. that you guys are on board early because, you know, in the future, you guys are going to be the original listeners. Yeah, you guys are the ones yeah, that are going to go, yeah. yeah, you listen to what Brian said today? I believe, Bitch, you didn't like him three years ago. I've been listening since day one, motherfucker. Yeah. I was there when it was just Brian and Joe in a fucking studio with no lights. Snowflakes. With snowflakes and spirits. <laughs> spirits. Well, thank you. Thank so you, guys. you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Love you guys. Love you too.